Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to one of the funnest good news segments that I get to do. You know, I did have a really good sense of this until I started to go back and play table tennis again. But here we are. You ready, everybody? Ready, set, go. The 2019 National Odor Eaters Rotten Sneaker Contest. Dr. Rachel Hertz, as well as the winner, Seneca Slocum, joining me here today to talk about the stinkiest sneaker like ever, like totally like ever right now. And why is this so important and why is it so fun? Well, we're going to find out, uh, especially from Dr. Hertz, why this is something that we're looking at, why it's important. But we're also going to find out from Seneca what she had to do to win this award. Seneca, Dr. Hertz, awesome to have you both here. Thank you, Dr. Pat. So good to meet you, Dr. Pat. Great to have you. So, I recently started to play table tennis again and, you know, table tennis, like a sport. Right. And I immediately went out and I can't even tell you, I had to get some, some order eaters for my sneakers, but here we are today with the super announcement, Rachel, tell us about the, the award, the contest, and let's give everybody a sneak preview of what you all do every year. So this is the 44th annual Odor Eaters National Rotten Sneaker Contest, <laughs> and it was held at Ripley's Believe It or Not in New York City in Times Square. And it's kids from around the country, aged about 8 to 15, who have won their regional stink-offs, <laughs> and their sneakers are flown in sealed boxes to New York City, where they then await the annual contest, which is always held in March. And myself and George Aldrich, who is a nasal knot for NASA, he smells things that go into space, we get the dubious honor of sticking our noses into these sneakers and determining which one is the most disgusting. <laughs> and Miss Seneca this year is the <laughs> fantastic winner. So uh, she did a great job making very, very smelly sneakers. Thank oh, my you. gosh. You know, Seneca, let me ask you this question. I, I'm sure that you're, you, know, you are getting ready to embark on a fantastic life that you are going to win many awards throughout your lifetime. This particular award has to have a special meaning for you. Uh, one of two things it means. It means you're very, very active and those sneakers never leave your feet or you just didn't know they're so, so stinky. Which one was it? <laughs> it was really just constantly wearing them. I would often wear them without socks on. And then I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. My, I live in Alaska, and my neighbor was cleaning out his fishing boat, and oh. we were playing in the yard, playing in the neighborhood, and a bucket of year-old shrimp bait got oh. on my shoes. And that's when I really decided that these were shoes that I could enter in the Odor Eaters Ron Sneaker Contest and that I'd have a good chance of winning. And so 
um, it really came down to um, just the accident of a spill that really set me on this course to be in New York City to experience this and to win the competition mm-hmm. here. Yeah, yeah as Seneca said earlier, the natural disasters that her <laughs> experience in these shoes really created a, a toxic <laughs> brew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm surprised they even let you out of Alaska, right? Yeah. Uh, you you yeah. know, to get on that plane. Um, but but did you, can I ask you a question about this? Because, you know, for many people, I think we become desensitized, and, and maybe Dr. Hers, maybe this for you. I think we become desensitized, and let me tell you what I mean. I mean, I, I play a sport. It's the fastest racket sport on the planet, and I literally play not as good as every you know championship, but we play at that level. And ironically, at the end of our play, we're all dripping, soaking wet. But we're all part of a pool of people that probably all of us together don't smell each other in that way. Um, Let me ask you this question. Do we become desensitized to, you know, the senses, so to speak, around us? Yes, absolutely. When it comes to smell, it only takes can take less than two minutes and no more than 20 minutes when you're in a stinky or, or even a wonderful smelling place. The same thing happens yeah. when you walk into a bakery. Uh, before we start adapting to the smells, and we are actually no longer detecting them at that point. So this is something to think about. If you have to walk into a smelly place, be reassured that within a few minutes you're not going to be able to smell it anymore. And if you're in a group playing, you know, sweating at the gym or whatever, if you're playing racquetball in a small space or table tennis like you are, even though you might walk in at first and feel that it smells kind of sweaty and funky, you won't be able to detect it after a few minutes because your olfactory receptors literally stop responding to the odors that are in the room around you. So we do get desensitized. That's just something that happens naturally. It's a physiological. It's no different now than it was, you know, a thousand years ago. But it's interesting because we have a lot more enclosed spaces that we're in now, and yet we are we become nose blind very quickly. And with the tennis shoes that yeah. I have, the scent is so strong, <laughs> but after putting them on about like two minutes later, I couldn't smell them. I couldn't smell anything really. And so I definitely became very desensitized to the tennis shoes that I was wearing. And um, people around me were like, oh, my gosh, get away. You stink. And I'm like, I don't even know if I smell or not because I've, I've desensitized to so it. This is actually even something that happens to people when they're wearing fragrance. So, for instance, people like you may know some people who seem as though they dilate a whole bottle of cologne over their head. And this is because when we wear a fragrance every day, so this is even a nice smell, we lose the ability to smell ourselves. So we can't smell our body odor, we can't smell our perfume or our cologne that we're wearing every day, and we tend to use, when it comes to fragrances, more and more and more, because we're trying to get that just that glimmer of fragrance, and other people are choking on it because we're using so much. So this happens with good odors as well as bad odors, and we also, as we just pointed out, can't smell ourselves. Yeah, Yeah, Dr. Hertz, you're a neuroscientist, and you're one of the leading world experts on the psychology science of smell. Uh, Seneca, you are the smell-e, let's just call it, (laughs) for lack of a better word. Um, uh, You know, let me ask you a question. What, from each of your perspective, goes in to a really stinky, smelly sneaker. And I, I really, you know, from, from one perspective, there's a science to odor. From Seneca, your perspective, there's a social aspect of it. I'd like to hear from both of you. 
Well, what I know is really stinky is in Alaska in the summer, it always smells like fish. <laughs> like in, in buildings, especially the closer you get to the coast and the closer you are to a river, but it constantly smells like fish in the summer. And so that's a very strong odor that I think Dr. Rachel has said is mm-hmm. very like, regardless of where you live, it's always a very pungent odor. And then um, just the longer, I guess, fish would sit out, the stronger it would smell. Yeah, so from it's interesting because smell is really subjective. So we each have different smells that we love the most and hate the most as well. But for me personally, and this goes into my evaluation as a judge, among my least favorite smells are things like chicken poop, uh, rotten fish, yeah. <laughs> and certainly other, other kinds of poopy smells. And our winners always have what I like to call the trifecta of terrible, though that combination of really bad odors and that for me are really just uh, the worst of all. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, you know, tell us about the contest, because I, I'm always curious about how the contests like this are set up, you know, from your, Dr. Rachel, from your point of view, but Seneca, from your point of view, were you like sitting on the edge of your seat wondering like, am I in it? Uh, how close am I? Tell us how the contest was set up, if you don't mind. So it's set, well, first they have um, state competitions. They do seven state competitions around the United States, and the winners from those state competitions are taken to New York in, um, in March. It's always in March, and they are in New York for three or four days. And um, the day of the competition, it's set up at Ripley's Believe, Believe It or Not in Times Square, and you go in, and there are three judges, um, Dr. Rachel and then the NASA scientist who um, smells the things that go into space is there, and they're both judging on smell. And then another man, I totally forgot his name. Um, <laughs> he, he is, Buck Wolf. Buck Wolf yeah. is judging on the outward appearance. And so you present your shoe and you tell everybody what happened to your shoe, why it smells so bad. And then they judge it based on stench and inner and outward appearance of the shoe. And just from my perspective, this is the 11th or 12th year that I've been doing this contest. And although I get a little trepidation in the butterflies in my stomach or you know, <laughs> sick feeling in my stomach before I come each year, I know it's going to be really fun. And I think it's actually really important for kids too, because it really celebrates what it is to be a kid and to be outside and playing and being in nature and not just, you know, necessarily having the best grades in school or other things which we normally tend to celebrate. So and I think it's really important also these days that kids are getting outside and being in nature and being dirty and having fun and not just behind screens all day long. So I, I think it's actually also a really important contest from that perspective. And it brings people together. These kids meet each other, and they have a really good time. Every year I see, like, new friendships start. And it's just a really nice feeling. And the, the parents are great, too. So I really enjoy it. And it's an experience that you really can't get any other way. There's no, like, conceivable way that I would have been in New York City. The flight is, like, 11 hours. And <laughs> it's a plane transfer in Seattle and you like there's no other way that I would have been in New York City able to go to a Broadway show without this competition. Well, I mean, all of that's part of the whole experience, isn't it? Um, Let me just ask you another question, because we are so sensitive to this. And part of today's conversation about is about getting relief. 
you know, Dr. Rachel, two things. One, tell us how we could find out more, also find out more about Seneca, if you could just give us that information. And then, you know, for kids that do experience this, what's the solution? So, well, odoreaters.com is where you can go for more information. There's also the Facebook page for Order Eaters. You can actually watch the contestants doing the contest live today, which was really fun. And in terms of what kids can do, well, first of all, of course, there's Order Eaters products, which can certainly help all stinky, sweaty feet. But then again, you know, there's some practical things like, you know, not necessarily wearing the same shoes day after day after day after day. And if you can wash your sneakers in the washing machine, that that's a, a good idea to do that as well. And also wash your feet. Um, when people get into the shower, they often forget that their feet are connected to the rest of their body. And so you can use soap and water on your feet too, and that will help. So there's lots of basic practical things as well as odor eaters will certainly help. And Seneca can attest to that. Yeah. And uh, it's just, you know, using your head for your feet. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, I want to ask uh, Seneca this back to you. Give me a sense of how this experience has been for you. I mean, you mentioned a little bit of it, but it's also, uh, I think, a transformative experience for kids when they have an event like this in their lives. How has this been for you? It's been a dream come true. I love listening to Broadway musicals, and I've dreamed of being in New York. And so this really gives me a taste of what it really means to be in New York, and um, it really has opened my eyes to the diversity in the world and um, just the amazing potential that people have, that people from all over the world can come to New York City and or just to the state of New York and just grow, and there's so much room for development here. And um, it's really, like, opened my eyes and really helped me, like, understand if I wanted to come here permanently, if I wanted to move here, try and go to a college here, Mm -hmm. like what it would really be like to live here. And so that's a really like big opportunity that I've always wanted to have. And so this was um, kind of pivotal for gaining information for my future. Yeah, no, you're kidding. I look at you're talking to a girl that was born in the Bronx and grew up on the East Coast most of my life. And there's something magical about New York City. And, uh, you know, it's wonderful to see how you're thinking of your future and your dream. Uh, Actually, Columbia is one of my alma maters. So I really love that Odor Eaters is doing this and has given you that experience. Um, I want to ask you, Dr. Rachel, for a website. And then Seneca, I've got one last burning question for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so well, the Odor Eaters website is odoreaters.com, and my website is rachelhers.com. So if for more information about the science of smell or what I'm doing and certainly more Odor Eater information, that's where to go. And you can also go to the Facebook page for Odor Eaters, like I said, for the live contest feed, which was really fun today. I love mm-hmm. it. Thank you for that. Okay, Seneca, got to ask you, burning, burning question. (laughs) Your favorite Broadway play? Oh, okay. I love the music of Hamilton. Mm. Definitely one of my favorites, especially a big help. Next year I'm taking AP U.S. History, so that musical will be a big help for studying. And then I think the one that I'd want to see the most is probably Wicked or Frozen. I love, I love Broadway so much. Yes! Yeah. We, 
we could be twins. I totally love it. <laughs> totally love it. Thank you both. One last question to each of you. Dr. Rachel, what's your personal message? Seneca, what's your personal message? So my personal message is to kids to get out there and have fun and play and be kids <laughs> and enjoy it and get dirty and, you know, just be yourself. And my personal message would probably be to embrace every opportunity that you have because you have no idea where it can take you. Boy, I tell you, I'm going to take that advice right now. (laughs) Thank you both. Thank you both. Thank you so very much for today. And congratulations. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. We're going to take a short break. Uh, Yeah, I'm telling you, got to put my sneakers in a plastic bag some days. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. You know that moment when you realize you've mastered your wellness or that you will never fall off the roller coaster of life? Well, yeah, me either. But I still ride unicorn. I will teach you how to become a mindset master. You will learn how your habits and behavior affect the success of your nutrition and exercise, relationships, organization, and so much more. Motivation doesn't arrive in an email, so stop waiting for it. You have to take action, then motivation follows. I am Coach Peggy Well. Get out of your comfort zone and recognize the simple truth. We aren't that special. We all have crap to deal with, and we all have a lot more in common than not. I want to spark you into action. We will learn, love, and laugh together. So join me every first and third Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific for Coach Couch and Coffee Radio, where you will learn that being happy and healthy is way more than carrot sticks and squats. Talk to you later. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Hey, I'm Dr. Pat. Welcome to our good news segment. I got to tell you, this is really, 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 really good news today. Julie Lafrady is joining us here today, lifestyle and travel expert. Why? Here's the deal. I live in the Pacific Northwest, so get ready for this. Rain or shine. Activities that are sure to be a hit for the entire family. And why is that important in the day and age we live in? I'm not going to answer that question, but Julie is. She is somebody that her life, her passion as a journalist, award-winning television news reporter, you name it, all of the above, knows what is hot and what is not. Julie, great to have you. Thanks for having me. Okay, look, I'm in the Pacific Northwest, and I got to tell you, uh, rain does not stop us. And Mm -hmm. yet at the same time, it does stop a lot of people. So I want to get from you. This is 2019. The things that people are engaged in now are different than they were last year, probably different than they were a hot second ago. But what is trending? What is it that you see people saying, hmm, Got to do it. Got to do it. Mm. Well, I think, you know, going anywhere new with the family is always a great solution when you're stuck on what to do. <laughs> Rain or shine, if you're in a new place, it just seems like it's uh, it, the hours pass by, right? So yeah. many families are going to be hitting the road or planning a getaway. Rain or shine this time of year. Now, according to Booking.com, some budget-friendly destinations to consider, Boston, Phoenix, and Biloxi. Now, that's a little bit far for you to travel, but... (laughs) No, no, actually, I'm bi-coastal. I grew up in Jersey (laughs) and the East Coast, so everything you just said to me, I already wrote it down. 
Ah, you got it. <laughs> so those destinations, great for families, easy on the wallet. And this spring, the site is also offering popular Easter deals, uh, offering at least 20% off some stays worldwide until mm-hmm. May 6th. So we certainly like a bargain. And no matter where you decide to go, their 24-7 customer service makes it so easy. Uh, fewer headaches is always a good thing when trip planning. You know, one of the things I heard this year was that uh, for many people that are looking at 2019, they are saying that this is going to be a record-breaking year for people moving around, especially in the United States. Uh, In addition, people coming to the United States. And I want to ask you about that in a couple different ways, because one of the things we know, especially about kids and the family, boredom has become a way of life. What can families do to keep the thrill uh, out of the chill? (laughs) Well, I like to put the electronics aside and find (laughs) new toys, new activities that the kids can play with. Uh, One thing that's really trending this season are these uh, oh-so-glam collectible mannequin dolls by Spin Master, my daughter loves these. They're off-the-hook dolls. You can style them head-to-toe, switch out their tops, hairstyles, shoes with easy hook-on fashions. Uh, they have a style doll or the BFF doll, so the kids can share them with friends. And there's fun themes like spring dance, concert collection, summer vacay. The kids love these collectibles, and it keeps them entertained throughout the day. Uh, You know, a couple of things, too. Once upon a time, we used to be thinking about keeping the kids entertained as if the parents weren't part of it. But, you know, one of the things I noticed, especially doing a series on this, is that once upon a time, there used to be a gap between what kids like to do and parents like to do. I think we've seen that gap erode. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. And there's so many creative ways uh, to in- engage with the kids. Stargazing, one of my favorite uh, uh, things to do. Mm-hmm. We just walk outside. There's some great astronomy apps that can help you explore the night sky. It's educational, it's free, and uh, it's in your backyard. Yeah, no kidding. Thank you for mentioning the apps because, OMG, it is incredible. And, and furthermore, one of the things that I loved about what you talked about That, too, is educational. Are you finding that when we're thinking about rain or shine activities, that this new element with apps that bring an element of education, and I'm not talking like, oh, let's go to school. I'm talking like, oh, I didn't know that kind of thing. Mm, No, absolutely. And, you know, just to... You could certainly just search for an app. Uh, chances are you're going to find what you're looking for, you know, if you're puzzled by, oh, the night sky or maybe uh, looking for some new destinations. Certainly turn to apps. And there's a lot of great ed- educational ones for kids, too. Well, I know these segments go really quickly. So before that happens, can you please tell people where they can go to find out all this juiciness? <laughs> We've got lots of tips for families on our site, betterstuffforlife.com. And also certainly, you know, turn to Google and, and search for fun activities to do in the neighborhood. Um, let me ask you a, a couple of other things. One of the things that's, that has been sort of a passion for, for me has been to find ways to keep the body moving. 
Um, certainly this is not something I'm going to ask you about, but we now know that playing ping pong, table tennis as I call it, is not only great for young people, but now we know that it can actually reverse dementia. Are you seeing on your radar something that families love to do that resorts or places that people visit need to get on board with. You know, I'm a little older than you, so back in the day it was that uh, miniature golf deal, right? What, what, mm. I know, I'm, did I date myself? <laughs> but but kind of what is it for you? Is it, do you see swimming? What do you see? Well, I think certainly this time of year, the weather's getting warmer. There's so many great activities that the family can enjoy outdoors. Uh, whether it's, you know, uh, a bike ride or yeah. maybe hitting the beach. And there's also so many great ways to give back. It's a rewarding experience for the family. Together, everyone could maybe pitch in and run a food or clothing drive, maybe, uh, I don't know, plant some flowers and trees in the park. There's some wonderful activities that certainly the parents can take initiative and, you know, get the whole family involved with. Oh, I am so glad you said that. Now I'm going to get off on that. Um, one of the things I do, I work with women in addiction and recovery, uh, alcohol and addiction recovery. And one of the first things we do is we assign a service, like whatever it is, find something that you could be of service in. I um, think that families engaging, engaging and giving back is going to be the trend for this decade coming. I really think that when we look at 2020 and we move into that year, uh, we're going to see more and more of that inspired by our young people. Where are you seeing that showing up? I think that's a very certainly powerful statement and we are seeing more and more of that. And, you know, certainly uh, kids themselves taking the initiative to get involved in their community and, finding new ways to to give back, you know, um, whether it's by the time or the hours you put into the work mm -hmm. or, or maybe uh, in a donation drive. There's so many wonderful ways mm -hmm. uh, that the whole family can participate. Okay, last uh, kind of question, almost last question. Many <laughs> of us know how to keep people, family members engaged during the daylight, right? But when the sun goes down, other than, you know, let's go look at the stars, because like I said, I live in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, we're blessed with beautiful summers, but kind of like most of the time can't see the stars. Um, <laughs> but, but there's so many possibilities in the evening. You know, what are they? Um, and the reason I'm asking is because recently I was out at a weekend event and I saw families engaging in board games, you know, like mm. real, not not technology, like Scrabble and like uh, games like apples and, and puzzles. Is that trend coming back? Oh, we're seeing new board games and new family oriented games all the time. Uh, and certainly, you know. Our, my family, we always like to stay in, uh, you know, different hotels and vacation rentals. And chances are, when you look around, you're going to find uh, some games yeah. <laughs> to encourage the family to kind of just get around the dining room table and, uh, you know, have some old school fun. Wow. Well, you know, like I said, this is hot fun in the summertime. Please give us the website. Last question, personal message. What would you like to leave us with? Oh, sure. So the site is betterstuffforlife.com, and 
certainly encouraging families to, you know, hold a family meeting and figure out what's a great activity or getaway that everyone can take part in and certainly enjoy. Yeah. And by the way, when you go to that website, there's a link for booking.com. Check out booking.com because one of the things that I've learned through booking.com is the world of possibilities. Thank you so much for today and walk on in what you do and have a great summer. <laughs> you too. All right, everybody, short break. Lots. Please go to the website and check it out because I know you don't want your family to be bored. We'll be right back. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You know, right now for me, and as you all have heard me said before, this is a very important topic. When I say that home is the key to a better future, you're taking it from somebody that's been homeless at age 17. So I understand what this is about. I know what it's like not to have a roof over your head. But what is it really like for those people out there that are looking to provide or have what we used to call the American dream? How do we have that work? How about Habitat for Humanity joining OCEDAR to raise funds for affordable housing throughout? And you know what? This is throughout April, but it's really throughout. I want to pause at that because in this country, it is shocking, shocking to see that people don't have homes. But, you know, that's just talk. Allison Green and Elaine Losey are here to tell you about the action, the things that they are partnering together to put into place. Allison, you're the director of cause marketing and workplace giving at Habitat for Humanity International. And Elaine, you're director of marketing at OCR. I want to start with you, Allison. I don't think I'm understating the fact that we are in a crisis now with people being able to afford housing. I'm in the Pacific Northwest. We have the highest rental rates anywhere. But the good news is, we also have some great uh, affordable housing initiatives. Tell us what exactly is the status of this. You're right. We are in crisis mode right now when it comes to the state of affordable housing here in our own backyards. Uh, we're seeing that one in six families in the U.S. pays over half of their take-home pay towards their rent or mortgage. Um, and we just think that's unacceptable because it's Forcing families to make trade-offs. Uh, they can't afford things like nutritious food, transportation, or medicine um, because they're paying too much for their rent their rent costs. Um, right now, in the U.S., virtually no one can afford a, a earning a minimum wage can afford a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah, um, and we just that's just staggering. Yeah, it's staggering. I mean, it's staggering here in Washington State. And I'm not even talking about Seattle, by the way. I'm talking about when you go north of Seattle and you enter a place that used to be affordable for people like Bothell, Washington, and you cannot even come close to what they built here. And so it is a crisis. But I want to hear about what you both are doing. And we're going to talk more about this. Um, Elaine, let's talk about your perspective from OCEDA. What, what is it that made you all get involved in this? What did you see? What was your passionate call to action here? 
You know, Cedar um, has been uh, uh, partnering with Habitat for years at the local level, doing builds and whatnot. And as we learn more and more about the organization, it just really appealed to us um, so much. We share the belief that a clean and healthy home is really that foundation for thriving families. It's something that speaks to all of us um, here. You know, there's such a strong connection between housing quality and overall health, especially in children. It's something that um, it's just very near and dear to our hearts. So we started to partner with Habitat last year with the Home is the Key initiative um, and, and just found it so rewarding and we're repeating that, that partnership again this year. So it's been really um, fantastic experience. Um, you, know, you know, for both of you, you're both joining here with a super, super mess- message, right? Um, the other thing I want to also mention, if I could hop back over to you, Allison, it's not even that, you know, uh, one job is going to cut it anymore right? We're looking at people that were working multiple jobs. And, um, and I think over two thirds of the United States, right? Where folks even working two jobs are not able to afford this. So given that we're looking at these statistics, what is it that's going to initiate us to get together uh, to really emphasize and take action that home is the key? You know, I, I think there's so many different ways to support Habitat, and we really do consider ourselves the leading voice in making sure that there's awareness about this issue and then taking action to do something about it. So we need more people talking about the affordable housing crisis. We need more people coming out and volunteering their time with Habitat. And more than anything else, we need donations to fund the work that we do. So we're so fortunate to have corporate partners like Ocedar who are coming up with creative ways tied to their products and selling their products that give back to Habitat, which is incredible. Um, but we just need more support. And so we have multiple ways that people can get involved on our website. Um, but we're just issuing the call for people to join in and, and get involved so that we can, we can start to curb this crisis that's happening in our mm-hmm. cities. Um, let's talk about uh, some very specifics. First of all, how can people find out more? So let's make sure we're giving lots of information throughout this uh, conversation today. Sure. So our website is habitat.org slash home is the key. Again, habitat.org slash home is the key. And on our website, we have so much information about the campaign, about our supporting partners like Cedar and ways that people can take action and get involved. Um, probably a, a really simple way and a fun way to get involved is to take to social media and join the conversation using the hashtag home is the key. And every time you use the hashtag home is the key in the month of April, uh, Nissan's going to be donating $5 to Habitat. So that's another easy way to join in via social as well. So let's talk about some logistics too, right? You know, Habitat for Humanity has been doing this for a while and OCEDAR, we just talked about getting involved, right? And so you're both contributing in more than, more than just showing up here doing an interview. You you literally are contributing in a call to action. Um, Some of the information also talks about the saddest part of what we're talking about. Now, clearly for me, when I was homeless, I was 17. So I wasn't quite a young child. Uh, but I do know what it was like at a young age to be bounced around, to not have a home. And I, I want to say that we don't talk enough about the impact of this on children. So when we say, oh, 
we, we really have to find homes for people. We are just talking about this abstract concept, but the ripple effect and the implication on future generations, that's the thing that to me is astonishing. What is it that you're finding about this for the children? And especially now we're looking at children's health. We're looking at emotional conditions, mm-hmm. psychological conditions. So this isn't about, yeah, let's just put up a home, is it? No, yeah, there's there's very strong correlations between housing quality and the overall health, especially children's health of a family. Um, so children of homeowners, particularly Habitat homeowners, are more likely to succeed in school, and they have fewer visits to the emergency room for routine health problems. Um, we see that in, in non-decent housing mm-hmm. uh, problems, the kids are experiencing uh, health problems because their house is making them sick. Um, and so we need to get them into decent, affordable housing like Habitat uh, to help correct some of those health problems that children face. What do you think? Can I ask each of you this question? I'd love to know. I mean, it's such a common sense conversation, but then I'm also baffled by how much is common sense and how little uh, of that common sense can actually be applied. But what would you find is the greatest challenges that each of you in your very specific venues face? I would say from a Habitat perspective, it's just making sure that people are seeing the connection between housing and all of the other outcomes. Um, that link to families thriving. And it really is a community a community issue. We need to be helping our neighbors. We need to take action and get involved with supporting people in our community. So not overlooking uh, the need for affordable housing right in our own backyard. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and for, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to I was going to say, and for, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, and from a, a OCDR side, mm-hmm. I definitely think it's along that same lines, right? It's like, I feel like everybody kind of feels at times helpless. How can they, how can they pitch in and help? And so that's where we, um, as a brand are trying to allow consumers to, uh, to donate to such a great cause in, in a, a way that they, um, are, might already be doing from their per- regular purchase behavior. So from now through June 15th, for any O-Cedar Promise spray mop that uh, you purchase, we will be donating a dollar to the Habitat cause. So it's just a great opportunity for those kind of utilitarian things that you use in your home every day to be able to donate to such a great cause. Yeah. And, and you know, we are looking at a different venue when we talk about people striving for a home. Once upon a time, when you looked at the homelessness statistics, and by the way, for those of you out there, uh, the United States, just FYI, um, has moved up from 11th in the world to within the top 10 as homeless as a percent of population. Um, but that's not the question. The question is, what is different about us here? And what is it that we can do to put people in homes? And the reason I say the conversation has shifted is because most of the information we read about you really trends about people that are really not either mentally, mentally or physically able able to take better care of themselves. That was an old narrative. The new narrative, especially now that we've seen people go through the economic hard times, right? We're not looking at the same demographic. We're not looking at the same group of people. We're looking at hardworking people now in a situation saying, wow, I don't know that I'll ever really be able to afford what these three are talking about. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, from the habitat perspective, we really believe that everyone deserves a decent place to live. Mm-hmm. That really means everyone for us. Um, and and you're right, the, the problems sometimes seem insurmountable, but it really is as simple as donating time, donating your money, um, and supporting organizations like Habitat, um, who are providing hand up, not a hand out. Uh, that's really an, an important part of the mm-hmm. Habitat model is that we're empowering people through home ownership. Um, so this is a sustainable program. And once people move into their Habitat homes, we see them stay there. Um, mm-hmm. It really is a, a life-changing program. And please, let's talk about the website, because I really want folks to go to the website. When you all go to www.habitat.org slash home is the key, what you're going to find when you get there is not just information. You're going to see the stories. You're going to see the partners. You're going to see a way to donate. But more importantly, you're going to see why this works for people. So when you get here, you are going to find solution based initiatives. And that's different in the narrative today. This is a narrative about we have figured out, not me, they have figured out a way to make this real. And the stories that are here, especially when you look at the Scott brothers jumping in and you look at some of the stories, this is actually something that's working. Isn't that one of the key messages today? that you both are bringing something that's actually working. And I think that's the new narrative. Yeah, it's a proven impact. I mean, I think Habitat, we've been around since 1976. We've helped 22 million people through a a home that's either built or improved upon with Habitat. Um, So it is a proven model. And we really can't do it without our partners like Cedar. Good. Well, I want to thank you guys for today. I've got one last question for each of you, keeping my word to Ted to keep this to 15 minutes. I just have one last question for each of you, for both Alice and Elaine. What is your personal message? What do each of you want to leave us with today? I would just say, think about what your home means to you and that comfort that you feel when you walk in the door of your home and there are ways to make that accessible for more people in our own communities here in the U.S. So get involved. Uh, take action. It doesn't have to be anything big. You don't have to give a whole day of your time, but there are so many ways to get involved with Habitat. So join in. Be a part of the cause. Thank you. Personal message? And yeah, from from uh, the Cedar side, I mean, I think, it, again, it comes down to the small things. You know, there are so many little ways that everybody can help that, um, it, you know, if it's not monetary, it's with your time, it's with your efforts and, and, you know, kind of that goodwill, just helping each other in the community. I think it, there's so many accessible ways for everybody to just lend a hand. So don't hesitate to do that. Thank you both. Thank you both. Hey, everybody, please, please go get involved. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Yeah, let's get ready. So y'all heard me talk about I started my spring cleaning process. But one of the things we don't spring clean, we don't spring clean our wallets. Uh, But I actually did that. Why? You're going to hear why today. Janet Alvarez joining us here today, financial expert, executive editor of Wisebread and financial journalist with over 15 years of experience. But, you know, part of this is looking at how to simplify our finances, set ourselves up for success for the rest of the year. And why is that important? Well, there are several reasons, but we're going to hear about them now. 
if we do not look at doing some cleanup work on our finances, on our selves, how are we even going to know where we are in the quicksand of what could be a financial nightmare? Uh, thank you for joining us here today. Let's talk about um, many things. But Janet, great to have you here again. And, you know, look, simplifying our finances, I want to know how to do that. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, you know, financial spring cleaning, a lot of us have heard of Marie Kondo. She's great at organizing people's homes and, and making their lives simpler that way. But the same is also true about your finances. You know, spring is really an opportune time to take a look at what's in your wallet, what's in your finances, and, and figure out if it's really doing anything for you anymore or if it's just complicating your financial life unnecessarily. And look, there was a recent survey out from Bank of America that showed 52% of Americans, that's over half of us, are juggling multiple rewards cards. And a lot of us don't know what annual fee we're paying on them, what the interest rate is on them, how many points we've accumulated, or how we can even use those points. So it's just kind of weighing us down unnecessarily. Um, and one of the best tips I can give you is you should take a look at your credit cards, take a look at what they're doing for you, how much you're paying for them, and whether there's a way to simplify. And the way I've simplified is I've chosen to start using the Bank of America Cash Rewards Card, which allows you to earn across multiple categories. So um, when you get it, you automatically start earning 3% cash back on gas. But every month, you have the choice to change it to a different category for 3% cash back. So if you're going to go on summer vacation in June, you can set it to 3% cash back on travel. Um, if you know you're going to be eating out a lot at the end of summer, in September, you can set it to 3% cash back on dining then. And, and so it allows you to take control of your financial life by simplifying the number of credit cards in your wallet. And there's no annual fee. There's a very low um, APR rate, so you're not paying excessively for the card. It allows you to take control in a very simple one-step solution. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I think you're talking about is really managing this in a way so that people can maximize the benefit. That's really what we're talking about. We're talking about learning how to streamline and, and look at things, but also maximizing it. And you're right. I mean, you know, if you have multiple cards, like I just, I just streamlined this for myself. If you have multiple cards out there, chances are you are not going to use one or more of them because your focus to try to manage all of that and the busyness of our day just really kind of blows it away. And then sometimes the rewards expire. I just had that happen on one of my cards. So let's take a look at how we can make or maximize our finances and, and set some goals that are actually achievable. So the first thing to do is, is to take a look at where all your money is today. I mean, go on your bank's digital dashboard. Bank of America has a good one or wherever your bank. And, and take a look at what you have in savings, what's in your checking account. How much do you owe on your credit card? Um, ideally, it's nothing, but that's not true for many Americans. Um, do you have any investments? Do you have a 401k? Get a handle on where your finances are today and start setting some simple, concrete, measurable goals. So it's not, you know, a good goal is I need $2,000 to take a Bahamas vacation this year. It's not a good goal to say my goal is to take a Bahamas vacation. You need a specific number so that you know how much to save how much to slash in order to reach that goal. So my, again, the most important bit of advice is just get a handle on where your finances are today. You know, take a look at your um, online banking platform, take a look at your investments, take a look at your credit score and figure out where everything stands today 
And then the second corollary to that is set simple, measurable goals that are realistic and that are tangible with a specific number. You know, one of the things that I find, and especially doing the coaching I do with people, is I always ask them, what do they avoid most? You know, because that's always a great indicator. And across the board, pretty much, I'd say, really, really high percentage. I mean, I think the last time I checked on it was in the 90s. Yeah, I avoid looking at my finances, right? I, I mean, they're really open about it. They're like, yeah, if it has to do with money, I'm not looking. Um, what we're talking about is not just looking at that time where you think you're in trouble. And that's what I found. They don't look because by the time they realize they should look, they've already probably stepped in a pothole. What you're saying is this is about planning this in a, in a way where you're not really coming from a place of fear, but you're coming from a place of empowerment and managing and controlling so you can create your destiny. And I think that's different. Unquestionably. I mean, I think, too, that a lot of people are also afraid once they've gotten into trouble. They don't want to look. Yeah. So once they know that they have a lot of debt or that there's not a lot in savings, they don't want to look. And that's exactly the wrong attitude. The right attitude is to be proactive and to say, I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off and I'm going to be honest with myself. And often people get overwhelmed because they think I owe too much or I don't earn enough or any combination of factors that they think are, are prohibitive to improving their financial future. Like anything else, you take one step at a time. Rome wasn't built in a day. You're not going to pay off all your debt overnight. You're not going to come up with all of your retirement savings overnight. But the purpose of spring cleaning your finances is to take a look and assess where you are so that you can take that first step. If you don't take that first step this year, next spring, you might be asking yourself the same questions. And you will have missed that opportunity, that year of time in which you could have taken the first concrete steps to improving your finances. I want to ask you a very specific question about the notion of minimizing the number of credit cards. I mean, there, there may be some reasons that our listeners may know why that's important, but there may be reasons that they may not know. Um, there's this, this beautiful dance that gets done in the credit arena between how many credit cards you have, how much you use them, right? and how to optimize the benefit you get back. So for example, I have a friend that buys all her groceries on a credit card and every month pays it off, right? And so what she gets is the benefit of that particular card. What have you discovered? What have you found out? And then where can people go to find out more? So by using the Bank of America Cash Rewards card, I've eliminated you know, the bunch of different cards that I used to have for each category that I wanted to get money back on. If you are the sort of person that pays your card off in full every month, it is always, almost always better to pay using a cash rewards credit card than it is with cash. Because if you're paying your card off every month, it means there's no interest accruing on your account. And instead, you're getting free money back in the form of rewards for every dollar that you spend. Much better than cash. It's also safer because of the security afforded um, to online purchases and fraud protection and so forth. So, and also, because a ahead. card like this allows you to, to save across multiple different categories, you're, you're, you're able to shift the categories in which you're earning rewards based on your changing 
sending preferences and needs. So if you know that you're going to take a vacation in July, you can set it to travel for July and earn cash back on travel. If you know that you're going to be um, buying a lot of gifts for the holidays, you can set it to online shopping for December and you'll earn 3% cash back in that category. And in doing so, you're becoming a more proficient consumer. You're becoming more aware of your spending habits and patterns and you're taking control of the rewards that you're earning so that they're not just left sitting there. You're actually putting them to good use and you're actually maximizing their utility in your budget. Yeah, I mean, let's take a look for a minute at what you've discovered are some of the do's and don'ts. Um, and I think this is important. You know, we're, we're coming through and we're looking at streamlining. We're talking at streamlining many, many things, right? But this idea to declutter and the fact that so many people use multiple rewards cards. I believe there's an equal amount of people that have the rewards card and don't use them, right? Um, what yeah. tools did you discover for keeping people mindful of what they've got? You know what I'm saying? It's one thing to have all these and another thing to just be like, I'm not even aware that I can use them. Well, there are a few things you should do. I mean, you know, the, the standard piece of advice, the gold standard regarding credit management is to check your credit report every year. And that's important because if you're not keeping close track of your credit cards, obviously you want to um, check for any potential identity fraud, credit fraud. Um, and you also just want to get a handle on what the interest rates on your cards are, the fees that you're paying on them, et cetera. So, um, at minimum, you need to be checking your credit report each year. Ideally, you would also be contacting all of your creditors to inquire about any fees and what the interest rates are on your card to try to negotiate these down. In many cases, that is possible. You can have the fees reduced or the interest rates reduced, and that can save you a great deal of money over time. Um, the other important thing that you can do is to sort of um, look at your overall budget. Um, your bank's online Dashboard is a good one. Bank of America has a very good digital dashboard. But also places like um, Mint.com or You Need a Budget will allow you to gain a consolidated view of your overall finances and what role your credit cards and credit are playing in it. Those are the first steps that you can take to come to an honest assessment of your overall financial picture and, and how you want to manage your credit and credit cards specifically to meet your financial goals. Yeah. Wow. This is a lot of information. I want to thank you so much for today. First of all, how can people find out more? And then I want to ask you one last question. You know, what's the takeaway? What do you want to leave everybody with today? So you can go to bankofamerica.com forward slash choose my rewards to learn more about the wonderfully flexible cash rewards card. And the takeaway, I'll leave two takeaways. First is you're in control of your financial future. You always are, no matter how overwhelming and, or dire your situation may seem. There are always steps that you can take today, this very second, to empower yourself, educate yourself, and ultimately improve your financial future. The second takeaway is simplify. To the extent you can simplify your finances, whether by using the cash rewards card from Bank of America or any other financial tool, you will benefit yourself immensely and you will make yourself a smarter and more capable consumer. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. One more time. How can folks find out more? Bankofamerica.com forward slash choose my rewards or our website is wisebread.com. All right, everybody, let's do some spring cleaning. 